We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome into another edition of Mind of My Money presented by Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready, Martin Paloma with me today as always. It's a Thursday, August the 4th, a little after 10 a.m. as we join you. I mean, back in the pandemic days, we felt like we had to timestamp everything. It's become a, a habit of mine to do it uh, almost anyway because the, the news cycle changes so rapidly these days so sometimes you're talking about things and stuff changes we uh taped on sunday i know a lot of you listened to it because i saw the download numbers uh appreciate that uh we talked about at the very end literally in the last 20 seconds or so we sort of teased uh talking about consumer spending which at the time on sunday people were saying oh there might be some signs that consumer spending is down um we'll talk about that in a minute I do want to tell you first, I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios, Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is up to you. You can obviously use that quote as a reference. Shop it around. That's, I mean, not what I would do, but it's what you can do. And uh, what I've done, I've done it four times now, probably about to do it a fifth time, and that is hop into a Clark Ford. Why? Well, because the service is so good. Uh, Corey always says he wants to be a car guy. He wants to be a truck guy. He'll prove to you what it means when you make the call, 662-257-1900. And, Martin, before we uh, take off into the financial world, what's going on there at Pinnacle? Indeed. Um, Man, it's kind of – you know, we're kind of, of, of sighing a little bit of relief. I know a lot of our clients uh, probably in the same boat after we've had six months of just continuous bloodletting and bleeding in the streets. Uh, you know, folks are starting to get their July statements, uh, you know, uh, and, and things, things, look, things look a lot better. We're still not completely out of the woods, um, you know, for, for if you're looking at your 401k statement or your personal investment statements. Um, and we're actually, uh, we're doing a lot of work with, 
our clients right now um, on their plans and, and, and coming in and going, hey, you know, has anything changed? Has anything modified? Uh, you know, a lot of the calls that we would get the beginning part of the year was, you know, a little bit of the people wanting some hope and some reassurance that this wasn't the end of the world. And now I think folks are going, okay, you know, we're not out yet, but it feels like things have turned a little bit and, and people are starting to get back into looking at their plans and making sure that, uh, that they're on, that they're on track. So, um, you know, if you haven't looked at, you know, if you're on track or if you even got a plan in place uh, and you don't know how to do it on your own, uh, we we're certainly a good resource. And if we can be of service, we'd love to help. Um, so if you, if you're tired of it, doing it on your own, or you don't have anything, give us a call 601-957-0323, or you can reach us through email too at info at my You know, before we got started, you were like, yeah, stuff just changes so fast. And here's an example. I mean, we'll get to consumer spending in a second, but here's an example. It's a, it's a story that is out on the wall street journal today, Martin. It says mortgage rates reach lowest levels since April. <laughs> The average rate on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage is uh, 4.99% this week. Rates have fallen swiftly from their 13-year high of of 5.81 in June. In June, people were, I mean, I I know a couple of realtors who were kind of like, oh, man, I don't know. I mean, it's about to be bad news. And now the rates are moving back down. And doesn't exactly tie in with consumer spending, but it kind of does. I mean, if people aren't buying houses, um, you know, that, that, that impacts things. But right now the real estate market just continues to be hot as a firecracker and mortgage rates dropping is not going to do anything to cool that off. I'm guessing. No. And I mean, and, but, and if you, and I know we've said this a couple of times, you know, a couple of different, um, you know, in a couple of different episodes, but we're still, even with rates where they are mortgage rates where they were, um, at the highs, we're still, you know, that was kind of, av- that's kind of average. That's the average, the average rate historically. Um, uh, we weren't high by any stretch of the imagination. We've just been low for so long that folks have become conditioned that, um, you know, a 3% mortgage is normal and it's not, it is, it's not normal at all. Um, you know, and, and neither is a 10% mortgage, which that's not where I'm advocating that that we go to, but if we're in that five, five and a half, six percent range, like that's historically kind of been the norm. And, and I mean, bonds, interest rates have fallen, even though the Fed has been hiking the short term, the Fed funds rate, um, you know, interest rates at their height, the 10 year treasury was like a little over 3% at its highest. And uh, it's down to like 2.6. Let me look at it real quick. See where it is. They uh, it's right at 2.67%. So it is down about 10%. The rates, 10 year treasury rate is down about 10%. Um, you know, just in the, in the last couple of weeks and markets are up, (laughs) bond rates are down. Uh, I mean, interest rates are down. Uh, it's just kind of a, this, this market environment continues to be a little bit of a head spinner. Um, and it's getting, it's getting harder and harder to interpret the tea leaves. Uh, things that used to be good indicators are no longer like solid indicators. Yeah. Along those I think lines, that's because we've had so much government intervention. Yeah. Along those lines. I mean, this is wall street journal as of like a few minutes ago, 
Some of yesterday, referring to uh, Wednesday's good feeling, has left the market. U.S. stocks wavered at today's open, were recently slightly down a day after the NASDAQ's beaten down tech names led indexes up across the board. Treasury yields fell along with stocks, extending a recent volatile spell. The rise in 10-year Treasury notes accelerated after the Bank of England forecast a prolonged U.K. recession. I guess I guess the U.K., they're, they're, they're a little more strict on definitions. In the U.S., we just changed the definition of the word definition. Yeah, we just, you know, we uh, like you know, to move the goal. Retail investors were buying Tesla ahead of a stock split vote. Meanwhile, home shoppers were eyeing a dip in mortgage rates that we just referenced. Uh, job, jobless claims rose last week. The U.S. trade deficit narrowed, helped by energy exports. The Bank of England lifted interest rates and gas prices in the U.S. continued to fall. I mean, there's a lot of stuff there. I mean, it, it, for people like you who are, for people like me who, who don't really have to look at this every day, it's kind of easy to go, you know, I'm just going to leave this alone for a little bit. I'm busy. I got football to write. I, I got to write a quarterback story. I, I got to go yeah. to practice. I got stuff to do. For people and like that's you, that's the right thing to do, man. But for you, and your job is your job is to live it every moment. This has to even even for a guy like you who's pretty level headed and and that kind of thing. And it's one, I get a lot of people say, "Hey, what I love about the show is that even though Martin's in that business, he's he's kind of calm and and level headed. It's got to be a little dizzying at time, right?" Yeah. So it is. And that's the thing that Reed and I are not in conflict about, but that we're constantly debating. Um, and it really kind of started with it. It started in, in March of, of 2022. I mean, in 2020 when, um, you know, we just had so much government intervention, you know, and, and the last time we had major government intervention was back in 2008. Um, you know, when we really, the, for the first time, the Fed kind of tried to stabilize markets um, with with interest rate manipulation. And really, ever since then, the things that we were trained, you know, trained on in school, um, you know, and even in our in our jobs to, you know, to be able to kind of read indicators to say, okay, hey, uh, you know, if this happens, it's probably not going to be good long-term and, you know, you know, you need to start making some shifts and moves in the portfolio. And, um, and, and a lot of that kind of went by the wayside. The only rule that has stayed in effect that has worked is we have these kind of like folksy little three things that we say is, um, you know, don't fight the fed, meaning if the fed is easing or, you know, dropping interest rates, that's generally good for stocks, even if you're looking at the tea leaves and everything else looks like it's melting down, you, you stick with what the fed is doing. And that's kind of held true for the last few years. Uh, so even, you know, when the fed started raising rates, we put even more hedges in our portfolios just because we didn't know what was going to happen. So the best thing to do is just to hedge out, you know, as much risk as possible. Um, you know, and then there's, you know, even with the terms of recession, uh, the things that we've been classically trained on that, you know, that indicate recession and, and just cause you have recession doesn't mean that, that everything is awful either. And that's one of the things I think we've been tr doing a more educating and training our clients on is, um, you know, when, when the media says recession, they imply, you know, category five hurricane, but it's not always that 
but just the last couple of recessions that we've been through have been, you know, they've been pretty big. I mean, 08 mm. was not fun. Uh, the early 2000s was, was not fun. Um, late 90s was not fun. Uh, 87 was quick, but not fun. Um, so it's kind of like that recency bias where it's like you automatically go to what the last event that happened was and you're like, Oh God, there's going to be, it's, you know, it's a, it's a category five. Well, it's, it's also, it's also a product of, of the, what I'm not to interrupt your flow here, but you're good. but, But I think it's a product of the media landscape that we live in today, which is, uh, one side of the media is like, see, it's a recession. (laughs) <laughs> total failure and the other side is it's not a recession i mean it's not a recession at all everything's Those great guys are idiots. everything's great i mean the economy's <laughs> never been better look on all the jobs and so there's there's no there is no common sense middle ground at all in the no, mainstream media and so that's where we have to be that's where you have to be and so yep. people come to you because like you can't as a rational human being right hear one side go it's a recession man it's bad it's really bad i mean it's it's going to be blood in the streets from now until the time that we get this geriatric out of the white house yeah until november and then hear the other side go are you kidding are you kidding yeah the the economy's never been better i mean this guy if there's a way to make this guy live into his into his 200s we we should stop and make him king if you listen to those two things and you're worried about your money, you go to someone like you and say, hey, what's the deal? What's the truth? I need the truth because I'm, on one hand, I'm kind of panicked, and on the other hand, I'm kind of confused, and that's more than fair. Yeah. Well, shoot, man, we are too. Uh, not panicked, but confused. Um, and, and I think that's where, so we, we tell our clients, like, hey, you've got to remove emotion from this process. Uh, when emotion gets into the process of financial decision-making, it generally does not end end well, or you have some type of buyer's remorse or seller's remorse after. So, I mean, that's kind of really our job is to, you know, look at, look at what the, look, what's the data that's out there, do our best to interpret the tea leaves, um, you know, in the process. And when there's uncertainty, we've just found the last couple of times that's really worked well is when there's uncertainty and we don't know if up is down or down is up, we just pack our portfolio with hedges and it's worked out brilliantly. And then when things kind of get normalized, we bring our hedges down and we go back into a normal, um, you know, portfolio allocation and we go. And, uh, and man, I, it's going to be hard for me to not do that going forward too. And I mean, and that's how I was trained at Cambridge um, in, you know, in 2007 through 10 was when the, you know, when the proverbial shit hits the fan, it's never evenly distributed. So you don't know if you're going to get this massive, you know, rhinosaur or rhinoceros turd or you're going to get like a little bitty you know uh pigeon turd uh so the best thing to do is just to hedge out the turds at all you know all possibility and then whenever you get you know return to normal you you know you make your decisions and and we reallocate and we do that on behalf of our clients so that so that they're not responsible for making the decisions now we do have a few clients that and it's their money. So at the end of the day, that's what I have to tell them. I was like, look, this is your money. You're going to do, you do whatever you want to with it, but you've, you've, you've hired us to help you not make bad decisions and to give you advice. But if you tell me to go to all cash, I legally have to 
do what you tell me to do because it's in our contract. I'm going to advise you against it the whole way while I'm making all the trades to cash. And, you know, a lot of folks, a lot of folks have been right when they go to cash, they get spooked, they go to cash, markets go down. And then they're like, they get that little bit of, it's like if you go to the casino for the first time, or if you bet on a, on a game and you win your first game, you're like, all right, I know how to do this. And then inevitably, you know, the house takes your money. Um, it's kind of the same way with investing too, with trying to time things. You can be right on the way out, but you got to be right twice. And most folks don't get the second one right. It's just easier to stay the course and let your portfolio do its thing and just don't make any decisions that's going to cause you, cause you any harm. Um, you know, and, and the things that Reed and I kind of debate today are, you know, are we, is this a, you know, is this a bear market rally? Is this a bull market pullback? Um, you know, are we still in a secular bull? Are we in a bear? Um, which, you know, for a lot of folks, you know, you hear animal terms and that makes no sense. And it really doesn't matter at the end of the day anyway. But the, the thing that Reed and I are trying to make decisions on with client portfolios is, you know, are we too, is it time to, you know, to put the pedal to the metal or do we need to wait it out yeah. and, um, you know, and see what happens next? Well, I tend to be the, a little more, it's funny. I'm the bond guy, which the bond guys generally tend to be conservative. The stock guys generally tend to be a little more aggressive. Reed is our stock guy, but I'm the one at down 20 going, dude, we need to, we need to increase our stocks in the portfolio. And Reed's like, let's, let's wait, let's wait and see what happens. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We need to, <laughs> we need to do this now. Why? And, and, uh, well, cause generally when you're down 20%, markets have overcorrected. But then if you go down 25, and that was what we did during COVID, uh, when markets were down 20%, we were like, okay, we need to get ready to make, you know, to buy more stock on the way down. So on the way, you know, when it was down 25, we bought more stock at down 30, we bought more at down 35, we bought even more. And at 40, we were ready to go max, uh, you know, maximum weight in the portfolios to stock. Cause we knew there would be like this slingshot effect when the markets recover. You don't know when it's going to happen but it will happen. And uh, the markets turned it down 37. So we never got to max, you know, stock exposure in our portfolios. Uh, and then our clients enjoyed this almost, you know, rocket acceleration, you know, off the bottoms. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and we're whole uh, within four or five weeks of, of being down. And uh, so I kind of like lick my chops when stuff like this is happening. Cause I'm like, dude, I'm about to buy on sale. It's like when you go, walk into, uh, you know, like dirt cheap or one of those discount stores and, and you find like, you know, a brand new sparkling, whatever it is, you know, item that you want and you know, the value of it. And you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe this, this item is in here for 50% off. And you're like, if there was 20 of them, I would buy all 20. Well, that's what happens to us when markets get down, you know, 20, 25%. We're like, all right, licking our chops, ready to to buy. But what happened was, you know, we got down 22, but we never got down further than that. And I was ready to make moves and Reed's like, let's, let's hang tight. And, um, and then, you know, now markets have bounced back and we're down, you know, 12, 13. Um, and, and we can bounce in this range for a little while before we get, before we get, before we accelerate out. So, you know, some people are saying, oh, this is a, what they call a dead cat bounce, which means like, 
the theory is that you throw a cat off of this awful, you throw a cat off a building, it's going to go down, it's going to hit the ground, it's going to bounce up, and then it's going to hit the ground again and settle. Um, so they call the bounce up off of the bottom a dead cat bounce. Uh, Poor cat. <laughs> I, know. I mean, uh, but I don't think my opinion is that this is not a dead cat, uh, that this is a live cat and he's ready to get the hell out of the hole. Well, so here's what's, I mean, I'm just reading like headlines here, right? I mean, you're just trying to figure out like what direction it's going and there's confusion. Like on one, Yellen, the, the, uh, yeah, former chair department of the, of the treasury us is seeing a quote significant slowdown end quote in spending uh powell the fed guy says another unusually large fed rate is possible fed rate rise is possible um economy uh as recession risk mount businesses are still hiring that's one headline uh fed official signals Fed officials signal additional rate rises warranted. You've talked about this for a while that you think they might still keep going up. And I'll tell you this, Fed Fed interest rates is one of the most confusing things to laymen like me. Yep. We hear that and you you don't really know what it means. You just hear the rising rates kind of scare you a little bit. Uh, then you have another headline. Uh, this is the Labor Department said there are 10.7 million job openings in June, the lowest level since September. Still, total job openings remained well above the normal, well above the number of available workers. That's a headline. Yep. U.S. factory growth slowed in Ju July on decline in orders. Uh, I know that's part of the whole slowdown thing. People start buying more essentials at dollar stores. Americans are relying more on dollar and discount stores for groceries which is we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website 
are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We don't have the time to go into just how big of a story that is beyond money and stocks and bonds and stuff. Nobody's buying fresh fruit and vegetables at the dollar store. Nope. And so if people are buying more groceries at the dollar store, all processed, people are getting fatter. Yep. And I mean, it's, it's politically incorrect to say what I'm about to say. I don't think that stopped you before, man. It's true. <laughs> so, in July, well, in June, I flew to Houston. My flight went through Denver for reasons that are my fault. In July, I flew to Las Vegas. My flight went through Denver. So I went Memphis to Denver, Denver to Vegas, and back. And then my wife and I went to the beach for five days of just chill at the beach. And... um that was after two years of me kind of staying home because I didn't want to fly. I didn't want to wear a mask. I wasn't going to wear a mask. I was waiting for the airlines to lift the mask mandate and stuff. Yep. And I got to tell you, I was struck by the higher percentage of fat people uh, on the planes, at the beach. And I don't mean people carrying an extra 15 or 20 around. Yeah, I get that. That happens. I mean, I've been there a lot. I'm talking about carrying an extra 100 around. There's a lot of that. And so if people are going to dollar stores for groceries, they're not eating healthy. Now, if they're going there for paper towels and toilet paper and cleaning supplies and stuff, cool. But if you're going there for the, the stuff that you're putting on the table on Tuesday night, it's all part of a cycle, which leads to increased health care costs. And it's, it's one of the issues in our country that we just don't touch as a, as a nation. We don't touch access to healthy food. Martin's like, how, how did we get here? I just, that headline, no. that headline made me think. Average spending on grocery products at discount chains increased 71%. 71% Martin from October 2021 to June of 2022. So 9 months. 71%. Well, and I'll tell you, I know we've talked a little off air about this not much on air, but I'll, I'll I'll throw it out there on air too. So Jen and I um well, it was at the end of May. Um you know, she told me uh she turns 40 this year in October. We're going you know, for her 40th birthday, we're going on a trip. Uh, we were supposed to go for our anniversary to Europe. That was during COVID didn't happen. Uh, and she's like, I just, I, I want to go sit on a beach somewhere. I was like, all right, cool. She's like, but I'm not, you know, really content with, with, you know, with how I look right now. She's like, you know, we've been in COVID. I've been home. I haven't eaten right. And so, um, we used a uh, long time ago, man, like, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago. No, it's before COVID. We had a Hunter Owen on the show. He, uh, 
He owns uh, Coyote CrossFit. They have one in Oxford now too. Yeah, I remember um, Hunter. Yeah, so they have a nutrition side of their business too. And so I reached out to Caleb and I was like, hey man, um, I was like, I really don't understand nutrition. Like I understand that all the stuff I put into my body uh, has, you know, does stuff to my body or my body, um, you know, digests it differently. And I was like, but I don't know what to do to, or like how to eat to one, you know, uh, lose weight that's going to stay off, but then two, you know, be able to, to give me the energy where I'm not having these crashes because I'm not getting enough calories in. Cause I get hangry, um, when I'm hungry and, and, uh, so he told me, he's like, dude, I want you to, for the first week or so, I want you to not change anything and just track everything you put in your body so you can get a baseline of, of where you start. Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. And in my head, I was like, I probably eat 2,500 calories a day. <laughs> yep. Um, I tracked that the first week and dude, I was hitting like 35, 3,700 calories That's a, a lot. day. That's a lot. It's a lot. You yeah. know where I didn't realize that it came from? Dr so like what you were drinking or snacks? Well, that too. Uh, it was the, you know, the Dr. Peppers. Like yeah. when I would drink, you're adding 100, 120 calories every time I drink one. The little snacks, but what it was too was all the fat calories that are so densely, um, like, like I would think, oh, if I just, I'm going to choose to eat a thing of almonds instead of, uh, you know, having a little, you know, turkey roll up or something like that. And I would put in, you know, 150, 200, 200 calories, um, you know, in that. And then I was like, all right, well, I'm going to cook asparagus with olive oil. Well, I didn't realize olive oil had, you know, 200, 250 calories to just cook my asparagus. And, um, so it was really kind of an eye opener. Yeah. And then, uh, so he told me, Hey, instead of using olive oil, use Pam or something that doesn't add calories to your yeah. thing, instead of drinking a Dr. Pepper, uh, let's try to drink water, but I know that's not cause you know, you can't just do that right out of the gate. So let's just have a diet Dr. Pepper or a Dr. Pepper zero. Uh, and he's like, and you have 2,500 calories. I need you to eat 225 grams of protein. He's like, I just want you to focus on 225 grams of protein. Well, dude, that is hard. I did not realize how hard it is yeah. to get yeah. grams of protein in, but it filled me up. Yeah. And so like, I would, I would still be, you know, 10% shy of my goal. And I'm like, I can't eat anything else. So I wasn't eating the, <laughs> you know, the carbs, the fat. Well, dude, in, in 60 days, I'm down 20 pounds, 15 pounds of fat. I've gained two pounds of muscle and I had like five or six pounds of water weight from all of the carbs that I was taking in it. Yeah. Uh, I guess it holds water. Uh -huh. So when I was taking in less carbs and dude, I didn't know any of it. And I think I'm a reasonably intelligent person, but I don't know any of this stuff. So, so if like, I, if I'm just going to, if I'm eating processed food all day long, I don't have any control over the calories that are going in. And I haven't, yeah. I haven't done any working out yet. Like I haven't been lifting weight. All I've done, all I've done is, is eat at a deficit and just, and not, and I'm, and I'm down 20 pounds and 15 pounds of fat from that. It's crazy, man. So in March I got on a scale and I was up to 231 and I haven't weighed 230 in a while. And I was like, 
I'm not going there again. I get it, man. Not going there again. And so I just made a decision. I'd been listening. It was funny. I'd been listening to, uh, I had listened to an Adam Carolla interview with Bill Maher. Two guys, two totally opposite ends of the political spectrum. Yep. <laughs> who were talking about intermittent fasting. And Carolla's pretty fit. Bill Maher's very fit. And I just decided, you know what? I'm going to try it. I knew it would be hard. But I also had heard a couple of people, other people talking about it. And and I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. And I did. I started. And I started with two objectives. And to the people out there that are now listening, going, how the hell did you get here? Welcome to my, this is the way my mind works. I apologize. Unmedicated ADD. Um, I decided that I was going to walk at least 10,000 steps a day. That was my goal. It was my baseline goal. And that I was going to uh, try to fast. And I have found that for me, and, and listen, this is not for everyone. It doesn't work for everyone. Uh, right. There are some people who, the way their blood sugar works, uh, the way that their day works, not eating in the morning is not beneficial. Yeah, that's me. And so this is not me saying, hey, this is the way to do it. But I'll, I'll get to my end result in a minute. Um, so I did that. I started walking a lot. Um, I, I got to where I, my, my initial goal was not to have anything before one o'clock and then I'd have a light lunch and then I might have a little snack and then I'd have dinner and that was my window to eat. Well, anybody who knows me knows that I'm not really wired that way. And so I quickly went from skipping breakfast every day to skipping breakfast and lunch every day. And just having a snack, like at three o'clock, like a protein bar, a one bar, something like that. Yeah. Um, at like three o'clock, and then I'd have dinner. And I'd, I'd eat, but my my dinner was a, a lean protein, a lot of salmon. Um, we got an air fryer, dude. I, I, I don't this. have one yet, but I highly recommend for you and for anyone out there, whether you're intermittent fasting or not, I highly recommend an air fryer. Yeah, Jen likes her veggies crispy, and our coach told us he puts veggies in the air fryer to make them crispy. Yeah, um, we put green beans in the air fryer, um, broccoli, cauliflower. Um, oh, hell, man, everything. Everything can go in the air fryer. We do salmon in the air fryer, chicken in the air fryer. Um, it's just easy. Um, but I got to where I did, I did that, a lot of uh, – like baked sweet potatoes with just salt and pepper, um, brown rice. You can bake it. You can boil it. You, there's all sorts of ways that you can do brown rice. You can cook it in um, like beef stock to give it a flavor instead of water. Um, chicken stock, chicken, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, add, a, add a chicken bouillon. A bouillon cube. Yeah, yeah, or whatever. So we, we did that. And, um, and, of course, me being – as competitive with myself as I am, 10,000 steps became 12,000 steps became 15,000 steps. And I was walking a lot. I was lifting three days a week. I would lift fasted. I would go lift before I ate so that I was immediately going into fat storage. And um, I've lost weight, lost down to about 200 pounds. I've actually gotten under 200 a little bit. I'm hovering around 200. But more importantly... In my physical, so, you know, I had all these people who've always told me, oh, you're killing your metabolism. 
And my doctor said, you're not killing your metabolism. It's fine. That's, she goes, that's a myth. And all my blood work came back, which is the most important part, right? I mean, there's right. not, they're, 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 the list of women who are dying to see me naked is like, let's see, let me count, carry one, zero, <laughs> it's zero. Oh, dude, I was just going to say one, but I mean, <laughs> but I guess, list, uh, at, of, I guess we're at that stage with Jen too, where yeah. she probably just prefer me to keep all my clothes. Yeah, I mean, the list of women who reluctantly <laughs> occasionally see me naked is one. The, the list of, of women who desire that is, is it's it's, zero. It's zero. So, <laughs> but it is important that you lower your cholesterol, that you um, lower your, you know, the, the, your triglycerides, uh, that kind of thing, that your blood pressure is at a healthy place. And um, eating healthy and exercising is really important. And for whatever reason, we, and we started this with the pandemic is, there have been these opportunities to say this out loud that we, for whatever reason, don't. And this should be, this story in the Wall Street Journal should be alarming that people are buying that. It tells you that that the cost of groceries are up, yet there's a story here that was published just a little while ago. Falling food prices ease upward pressure on global inflation. I, there's so many. Yeah, those are totally contradictory of each other. There's so many mixed uh, stories that I don't know how the hell anybody keeps up. Like, I'm I'm thankful for people like you who who do this and do it with kind of a level head because this is this is certainly it's really confusing. Yep, yep. And I mean, and I think that that's the that's the key. Even if you're doing it on your own, and I'm not saying that there aren't people out there who can who cannot do it on their own because there certainly are. Um, but I think that's the the key to all of this is when you're looking at your, your finances, whether it's your 401k, your investment accounts that are outside of the 401k, you know, your IRAs, um, to, to just not go extreme, to try to be level-headed about it. And even, you know, with people with, with paying off debt, um, I've seen on the rise the last couple of months where, I've had clients that are asking me, you know, all oh, interest rates are, you know, are going up and they're talking about their, you know, their mortgages on their houses that are pretty much locked in too. Um, and they're asking, you know, should we just take out a chunk of cash and pay off the mortgage? And, you know, my answer to them, which, you know, it seems really obvious to me, it's like, no, your portfolio is down right now. We don't, we're not going to lock in losses to pay off you know, something that's, that's at a relatively low rate, but I think it's just the anxiety that happens when there's quote unquote, potentially, you know, a storm brewing, a financial storm brewing that people kind of get into this, you know, I don't want to, I want to have my debts paid off. I want to have everything clean. I want to hoard cash. And um, while like, you know, paying off your debts is definitely a prudent thing as interest rates rise, you know, things like credit card, you know, credit card interest rates go up. Um, you know, when, when, when the fed raises rates and, um, you know, the thing that's kind of funny when, when the fed raises interest rates, which they're the rate they have control of is called the fed funds rate, which is the rate that a bank receives overnight, um, for lending its money. So, uh, it's very, very short term and it's literally an overnight rate. It's a, you know, you get it for, for 90 days. Um, uh, but it really is supposed to set all other interest rates into motion and it and it doesn't always you know do that either but what it does do is uh banks and people that lend money 
do go ahead and take advantage of saying, oh, Fed raised interest rates, so we're going to raise our interest rates that we charge you. But on the other hand, they are very, very slow to raise the interest amount that they're willing to pay you on your savings. Um, you know, and a lot of folks kind of go right now, they're like, oh, cash is king. I need to hoard my cash. And I'm going to tell people why that's a bad idea too, because, um, you know, with inflation where it is, and let's, let's not even talk about like long-term inflation is not going to be at, you know, six, seven, eight, nine percent. That's, it's just not going to happen. I think long-term inflation is going to settle in at, you know, maybe three, three and a half percent, which is still high, you know, relative to where we've been and, and average inflation is supposed to be two, two and a half, but we've been below that for so long that we're going to have to run hot for a little while just to get back to averages. But if your cash is paying you zero, which, which, I mean, I look at my checking account and my savings account at my bank and they're still paying me nothing. They're still paying me zero or 0.001 for, you know, my cash that's, that's at the, that's at the bank. Well, if, if, if inflation is 3% and I'm still making zero on cash, I'm consistently losing 3% every year. Stocks are not going to stay down long-term and right now they're, they're down. And if you've got cash, it's actually not a bad time to put a little bit of cash to work and, you know, in the high quality um, stocks and investments. And cause over periods of, over long periods of time, you're going to win, you're going to win that game all day, every day. And your only tool to fight inflation long-term is investing in stocks. That's it. That's your only tool. Bonds are not going to do it. Cash is not going to do it. Cash is actually going to lose long-term bonds will generally kind of just keep pace with inflation long-term, but provide some stability, but folks just don't want to, it doesn't feel right naturally when things are on fire to rush into the fire, um, you know, with, with cash, it feels like, no, I need to let the fire go out and things normalize. Then I'll go to the building. And it's like, well, you missed the boat, dude, that ship has sailed and is off in the Gulf halfway to Cancun. So, but long-term is still better. Yeah. I want to go to Cancun. Um, <laughs> hey, I know someone that can help you. I know that Jennifer um, just, uh, just started her travel business a couple oh, months or her. two ago. So good for her. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, I am very excited about the perks and the benefits at some point. Yeah. Um, you know, when she has to go do her due diligence trips on these new resorts and I'll be her plus one. I'll be like, have fun at work, babe. Yeah. I'm going to be chilling on the beach. You'll be doing your due diligence. Um, <laughs> That's right. Now I, I will say this, the other thing about intermittent fasting that I've liked just jumping around. The one thing that I really have enjoyed about it is that there's a, um, there's an agency, a mental agency, I think that you take on it when that first kind of hunger pang hits you at like 10 o'clock. And you instead just drink some water, chase it with water, yep. And you overcome it, you beat it. That's a victory. It's a victory yeah. that nobody but you understands that you had, but it's still a victory that day. And it it leads to, um, for me, I'm just being honest here. For me, it's led to a more positive outlook. It's led to a more. That's awesome. Uh, it's led to a more optimistic uh, viewpoint of the day, and I think it's because I beat myself at 10 o'clock and then I, I, I won again at, 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 at one o'clock and then your day gets busy and you look up and it's three o'clock and now it's time to have the one bar 
and you it's kind of a victory. Now, well, dude, at nighttime, the, so for me, the, the the now the challenge that I've 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 run into in the next step and the the what's going to be the difference between sticking at where I am right now or losing these last 10 to 15 pounds that I'd like to lose, the difference is going to be, okay, when you have your dinner and you're done, that sweet craving that pops up at, at uh, 10 o'clock where you really need to be finished. You need to go to bed. You need to put it away. Um, but because your son has all these granola, like, and it's healthy granola, <laughs> but it's granola. Like it's so tempting to go get, some yogurt the plain yogurt yep and throw a handful of the granola in it and it gives you a sweet and a crunch and yeah but you're putting that right into your system right before you go to bed and you just sort of that victory that you had at one o'clock you just negated it with a loss at 10 that's okay it's not you're not dying because you ate some yogurt at 10 o'clock you're all right but the difference is that's the difference between staying where you are and another victory that lets you, because the ultimate victory for me is getting on a scale and the first numbers are one and the second numbers an eight. I mean, that that's, that's total victory. That at that point, that's Rocky's arms raised and, you know, dun, 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 triumph. Dun, dun. yeah. And so to get there, it's discipline. So I, I have enjoyed yeah. that part of it. And dude, and discipline, I think is the hardest thing for, for most folks with anything, whether it's investing and, yeah. you know, like I have one of my mentors told me, he said, your first two battles of the day, if you don't win both of them, you can't have a victorious day. And this was when I was, I was going through a lot of craziness in my life. And he was trying to just help me control the things that I could control. And he's like, when your alarm goes off, if you hit the snooze button, you lost. Yeah. The second, the second battle is, you know, if you don't just pull your sheets back up, you don't have to tuck everything in and make it look pretty, but if you don't pull your sheets back up, to where it was and you know maybe even fold it down put your pillow up you leave your bed unmade you lost your second your second battle of the day he's like those are two easy victories completely agree completely agree and dude i never thought about that before and uh you know so it's like jen's still in the bed when i get up so i'm obviously not running around and tucking in <laughs> you know sheets but i just all i do is just pull my corner back to where it was you know fold it down put my pillow on top and then it takes me two seconds yep to do it but it's like bam i beat its ass today i'll give you a, i'll give you an example of a, of a new habit that i've gotten to that's a win so i do the oxford exxon podcast in the mornings and we usually finish around 9 45 and chase leaves and i i realized i would go into the kitchen and i would have a snack and it was habit and now i catch myself walking to the kitchen and instead of walking to the kitchen i walk out the front walk door <laughs> and i walk a lap around the block there you go and i'm not hungry and I just got a thousand steps and it's go. like, uh, it's, it's little things. Life, man, I'm convinced that, and, and, and I'm 50. It took me forever to kind of get disciplined. Me like too, man. But the people who just figure out like what's an urge and what's a need, what's a want and what's a need. Yep. It doesn't mean that you can't ever have one of your wants. So you can't, right. ever, you, you right. can't ever just go, Hey, you know what? Today's going to be, Today's going to be the day that I have a hell with it. I'm going to have a pizza. It's cool. No big deal. Because yeah, one meal, one meal is not doing anything. Okay. But it's it's habits. It's it's just it's all about being disciplined. Yeah. When the alarm goes off, get up. Yep. And get up and move and make your bed and do your things. 
And then on that one day that you're like, you know what? I'm going to sleep till noon tomorrow. Okay, cool. Do it. Yeah, it's no a big deal. Yeah, I mean, you can have a you can have a total bum day where you're just like, what did you accomplish today? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> and you need those every once in a while too, man. Yeah, you need to mental, recharge the batteries. Yeah, it's a mental reset day. And and yeah. then and then, but the the key thing, like the key thing, where you and I've had this conversation, right? The key, I, I love pizza. You love pizza. I love pizza. But the, I haven't had pizza in in a in two months, and I'm jonesing for it. I love it. But the key thing with pizza is, hey, we're having pizza tonight. Cool. But when it's over, you don't need to have it tomorrow morning. You don't right. need to have it tomorrow at lunch. Yep. You don't need to turn a one pizza meal into four pizza meals. Yep, which is and what that, I did. And that's what everybody does. That's what I, I, I've done it my whole life. And now, Dude, cold pizza in the morning was, I loved it. Yeah. And I loved it. The truth is, it's not a great It did not love me back. <laughs> no. right. Well, dude, I know you got to roll, man. Uh, but I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Hope everybody uh, forgives us. Forgives me. It's not us. It was all my fault. No, I, mean, yeah. I, I jumped. I jumped on. The, I went down the rabbit trails with you. So yeah, but it's okay. I think. I think it's all right. We're not going to die no. for one podcast. It's our but mental health. Some podcast. people are like, I'd rather you do this than talk politics. Although I had people tell me they enjoyed the political conversation because it's it's an interesting. We're heading into an interesting time. Yeah, we're gonna be talking a lot about it as it relates to finances too. Yeah, because there's a there's a headline that I'm looking at right here. Democrats look to preempt GOP policies ahead of anticipated midterm losses. It's, it, all this stuff is going. Yep. The other one is Cinema, referring to uh, the, the Arizona senator. Cinema GOP fuel fears for climate bill. There, there's there's a lot to get to. We'll get to it starting next Thursday on Mind of My Money, presented by Pinnacle for Martin Palomo. I'm Neil McCready. Have a great weekend. Thanks for making us a part of your week, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.